Is it cool if I chew gum during the interview? Is that Absolutely right? not. I will yeah. murder you. Uh, I will drive to your house <laughs> and murder you. Gum. This is not. This is not regular gum. This is this is pineapple flavored. This is. Okay. Is it silenced pineapple flavored gum? <laughs> well, where would the fun in that be? Come on. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. We are an irreverent look at wedding photography. I pulled up the wrong notes. I don't even know what the reading is for this podcast. I'm sorry, Raymond. Uh, Just waste my time. Today, uh, we're joined by Raymond Hatfield. Raymond, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with him, he's the host of the Beginner Photography Podcast, but... That's not all. He's also a husband, father, home brewer, LA Dodgers fan, and an Indianapolis wedding photographer. I think I got those all. Uh, that's just, I copy and pasted that straight from Raymond's intro into how I would read him in because I'm a thief. Raymond, how are you doing? <laughs> Uh, well, now that I know that you're stealing my own content, I'm doing a lot worse today. Yeah, it started <laughs> off pretty good, but now that you're just blatantly plagiarizing everything that I've uh, ever accomplished in my life, uh, yeah, we're off to a great start here today. I've actually, um, you know, I've downloaded every single episode of your podcast, and we actually have a Patreon stream going where we just play your podcast. <laughs> and that's actually the most popular thing people are signing up for on the Patreon right now. It's crazy. That is so strange. I was wondering where all these weird uh, pirated episodes of the podcast were coming from but now now i know so i can i can uh, give you the thanks for that thank you for spreading my name that's what it's for yeah well i mean we do uh take out your name every time you mention it and we add in <laughs> Stephen dustin um it's real awkward but we're getting yeah. very positive feedback about it all well that's good that's good i'm glad that somebody's getting good uh, good uh feedback out of it yeah so raymond are you drinking anything today Funny enough, uh, not yet, but I'm about to. Ooh. I, uh, I just uh, went to my local, uh, uh, you know, liquor store because here in Indiana you can't buy cold beverages uh, from a from a grocery store, which is crazy. But I got a, uh, and I've never seen this before. It's a Lagunitas Super Cluster Ale. Oh, now I love Lagunitas. Is actually from uh, my hometown back in California, uh, just north of Petaluma. So when I saw this, I got really excited because again, I've never, I've never had it before, and it, uh, it was really interesting because the box that it comes in is all like space themed, mm -hmm. and uh, so with, uh, with, with beer, like one of the most popular varieties of hops is uh, Galaxy hops. Mm -hmm. So a lot of beers that use Galaxy hops have like this space theme to it, but even though this beer is very like space themed. They went with the Citra hops, so I'm not sure Ooh. why they thought to make this one space themed, but uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because Citra, it went all over my keyboard. That's oh, no. <laughs> computer frying mm. things. Let me exploding. just go ahead and turn that off real quick. Maybe that's why it's space themed because when you open it, it explodes <laughs> like a rocket. Yeah, that's got to be it. My keyboard smells fantastic right now, though. I'm going to put that right there on an upside down towel and uh, we'll hope that my keyboard didn't fry. And <laughs> it smells like lemons, and it tastes like lemons. It's fantastic. Oh. Fantastic first sip. That's so great. I'm worried about that keyboard. I'm really worried about the keyboard. <laughs> Do you need to go get like a, a bag of rice and just, you know, dump it out mm. into a much bigger tub of something and then put the keyboard <laughs> in it? 
You know, usually I have five pounds of dried rice in my cabinet, but today I don't. So uh, no, I'm just gonna leave it upside down on that towel and we're gonna hope for the best. That's what we always do. Yeah. Was that one of those Apple keyboards too? It looked like an Apple extended. It w- it is. That's exactly what it is. This is the whole reason why I bought my iMac right here is just to get this keyboard. And then they released this keyboard to everybody. So mm-hmm. uh, who's, uh, who's the real winner? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. It's okay. I ain't worried. I'm sure you'll be fine. But this is delicious though. Yeah. We'll see. Dustin, are you drinking anything today? I know you have to be somewhere in like at like four o'clock for uh, some sort of uh, political thing. So how hammered are you getting before that, buddy? Unfortunately, not at all. I have Mm. to be at a press conference in an hour and a half. So I will be the sober driver of this podcast today. Once again, Mm. I feel like that's the reoccurring theme. Yeah. We should get one of those IDs that are vertical instead of horizontal (laughs) for you. If you want to release that, I, I will take one, Raymond. (laughs) <laughs> I got I to gotta figure out how to do I knew a guy in high school who could Photoshop a pretty good ID. So maybe uh, maybe if I can find him on Facebook, I'll see what he can That's do. That's pretty much why I got into photography. Because <laughs> you were good at Photoshop, really? <laughs> I was pretty good at Photoshop. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. So I love that we've gone the super illegal route already with this. Um... <laughs> Not me. Uh-uh. I just knew a guy. I knew a guy <laughs> who knew a guy. Here a guy. I am today. His name was mm-hmm. Hatfield Raymond. Um <laughs> No relation to me whatsoever. Very strange. Small town. Very small town. Small town in California. But, Stephen, I see that you're drinking something. Raymond, you're right. I am drinking something today. I'm drinking an Oktoberfest Bavarian-style lager from Upland Brewing Company. That's a great Ah. Indiana beer for a great Indiana man. Wow. Like like all of us. It's a podcast full of Indiana people. This is awesome. This podcast brought to you by Indiana. (laughs) Yeah. The crossroads of America. Uh, I was thinking about that uh, just the other day because the the first week of it's September, right? Yeah, the first week of September marks eight years that I've been uh, in living in Indiana, and uh, I was trying to think when am I allowed to start calling myself a Hoosier? Now, today, now today. you got it. Today. <laughs> Why today? What what happens today? In order to be called a Hoosier, you have to be blessed by two great <laughs> Indiana men. And that just this happened. This is a momentous occasion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you do need to right. dip your finger in the beer, though, and uh, rub it across your forehead to make the uh, ceremony mm. complete. Now I got to ask myself if that's worth mm-hmm. it. Steve will mail you a certificate. <laughs> That he made in Photoshop, of course. Yeah, of course. Yes. Well, I know a guy who probably <laughs> made it in Photoshop, you know? Stephen Elkvan. <laughs> so, uh, Raymond, you've already said you come from California originally. Uh, you know, you, the intro to your podcast, you say you're an L.A. Dodgers fan. I don't know oh, why. Yes. Why? Why, uh, why are you an L.A. Dodgers one. fan? Why am I a Dodgers fan? You know, that's... Uh, uh, this isn't uh, an interesting story, and uh, so this is just going to waste everybody's time right now. I'm but, okay uh, with that. I grew up <laughs> Northern California. All of my friends 
our, our San Francisco Giants fans. Every single one. We're like 40 minutes from San Francisco. That was kind of the natural progression that everybody is like expected to take growing up because at the time the Niners were garbage. So the uh, uh, Giants were baseball was the thing to to enjoy. And then uh, but I was never into sports. My uh, stepdad was never into sports. My neighbors were never, I just wasn't around sports. And then I went to essentially an all boys high school that didn't have any sort of like sports team. So I was just never around sports. Wait, can we pause? What is essentially an all boys high school? Is that like one where they're like, we let in just the teacher's daughters? Is that (laughs) Uh, like? No, it was, it was a school called technology high school. So as you can imagine, the, uh, the recruitment for females was very low in a school like that. So officially we had three uh, girls in our uh, class and we were the first graduating class. So, uh, yeah, there was no, there was essentially no females, essentially no females. I think I saw a Disney show about that, like a fictionalized version called video game high school. Was it kind of like that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So for PE, we would just play unreal tournament all day and uh, return to castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, no, it was great. It was, it was fantastic. Fun fact. Uh, we actually had like sleepovers at the school and because the school is called technology high school, the school got like all the technology grants for the entire school district, even though we were like 40 feet from like the main 3000 plus student high school. Uh, this little 60 student high school got all the technology grants, which just makes sense. So we always had like the top of the line computers, all the newest like technology and stuff. So uh, for some reason, the school thought, you know what high school boys want to hang out with more high school boys and like play <laughs> online video games. So that's what they did. They had a. Uh, and they were like right. A, they, were, they were absolutely right. Every year, these things sold out. Uh, so that's what we did. It was you, you would go and you would spend the night at the school. They would lock the doors. They ordered like <laughs> 1,500 pizzas for 60 kids and um we just played somebody figured out how to like burn bootable copies of linux with (laughs) different games on it like return to castle wolfenstein or unreal tournament and then everybody would just play those on a lan and uh, at the time you're like this this is the life like this is the coolest high school ever it was like before lan was cool Right, exactly. Like when people were just figuring out that you could like hook up multiple Xboxes and play like Halo with like eight people, it was like that. So that was that was a school. That was my essentially all boys high school. But I always knew that I wanted to uh, go to film school because I'm just bad at reading and I'm bad at comprehending anything that I ever read. So I could I would always like fail book reports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't remember where I got it, but I had. It just must have been like our family's like camcorder or whatever. And one day I just like made a stupid short with my friends about the book that we were reading. And then I turned that in instead of a book report. Nice. And my teacher was so confused. And, <laughs> but he watched it. And he was like, I, I'm not sure what's going on here. But he watched it and clearly understood that I, uh, you know, had some sort of comprehension of what it was that we were reading. And he's like, you can just do this forever now. So I was the one wow. kid who everybody wanted to work with because I was the only, like I was the key to not having to write anything. So everybody was helping out. Everybody was, you know, <laughs> trying to act in these things. Uh, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Even like the weekends that I would spend, uh, editing in the, in the library because it was also on a college campus. So not only was it essentially an all boys high school, but it was, we were surrounded by people older than us who hated our guts. Cause they were like, yay, we're free from high school. We're going to go live on our own. And then they come to a university that's just full of high school kids. So 
everybody hated us. Uh, All high school kids, there's only 60 of you there. (laughs) Again, (laughs) small university, very small university. Um, And high school kids are, no matter how many there are, they're just like the most annoying people on earth. And I'm sure you guys see this, like whenever you go to to see a movie on like a Friday or something, and you just look at these kids like, what are you doing with your lives? Like, why would you do something this stupid? And then you think back to yourself in high school and you're like, I was doing this exact same thing. So now I sympathize with those, uh, those college students. Uh, but yeah, so then after high school, I went to film school and the first week that I was down there, we went to a Dodgers game and, uh, I loved it. And I just continued for some reason. I don't know why there was just something that clicked in my brain that was like, I'm just going to kind of pay attention to the Dodgers while I was in school. And I did, and I loved them. And here I am today. So I tell people that I'm more of a Dodgers fan than like a baseball fan. So like mm-hmm. if you were to come up and like ask me about stats, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know anything. Like how, how are the Reds doing? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I could tell you that the Dodgers beat the Reds or that the Cardinals beat the Dodgers, but I, I couldn't tell you anything else about baseball. So. so is that why when you were making your choice to leave California and come to Indiana, you were like, I need to find a place to live that doesn't have a professional baseball team. So that way nobody will ever be like, what? Well, You're well, not come a fan on. There's of There's several social- minor league teams. <laughs> Uh, what's a minor league team, Steve? It's what you have in <laughs> Fort Wayne, Dustin. Yeah, it's a wedding so, venue. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. That was part of the decision. <laughs> and on top of that, it was just solidified by the fact that the professional football team also wore blue. And I was like, I'm going to fit in perfectly Boom. in this place. Yeah. So here just I just have to put a little blue tape over back. the L.A. part of my hats and <laughs> shirts. <laughs> no, because it's also white, just like the Colt uh, logo. I fit in for some reason. Nobody, like nobody, nobody takes even questioned the time. It. No, like never, LA, that, that must mean, that must be a weird Indianapolis thing. I guess yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> live in Lafayette. <laughs> Where is that? Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're pretty lucky uh, being a Dodgers fan too. Cause the last few years they've been really good. Well, okay. <laughs> we, I mean, we've made it to the world series, but, uh, I mean, we got our asses handed to us both times, but, uh, we, uh, were the first, get into the playoffs this year which is exciting and we're like still 14 games ahead of the giants so i'm not going to complain i'm just I mean, going to be happy are, that we made uh, lead in the national league right so we what, are, what, are yeah. what are your hopes what are your hopes for the uh world series this year you, you gonna make what are it? my hopes yeah i think that's probably the dumbest question i've ever been asked because <laughs> my hopes are clearly that they win i hope <laughs> that they win and that it's a fantastic glory and that uh well, that we win big hope you What's don't hope really that everybody that just hope? plays their hearts out and that they have a good game no and that everybody's that... really proud of how good they played <laughs> i hope that it's the yankees who uh face the dodgers and i hope that as the yankees are coming out to the field every single one of them trips and breaks their ankle on top of the previous one in like some horrible comedic timing and uh, then nobody can play and then the Dodgers win by default. That's really, what I hope really dredging up that Yankees-Dodgers rivalry from back when well, the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, deep in my heart, I know that if, uh, if the Yankees and Dodgers face each other in the World Series, the Dodgers are going to lose again. Oh, come on. Have some I faith. Know. Well, I've had faith for the last uh, 11 years now, and uh, like I'm happy, like I'm excited. I know that they're going to go, uh, but if, if anybody like really paid attention to the World Series last year, I mean, it was like the, the, the Dodgers and the Red Sox, mm-hmm. it wasn't even close. Like it was like, yeah, both these teams made it, but I think that the top four teams in the American League could have beat the Dodgers. So like, well, it, wasn't even a, it wasn't even fun to watch. It was embarrassing. 
So here we are today talking about it on a podcast two years later. I mean, I love to dredge up these embarrassing things. So, you know, <laughs> well, then we're going to be here for a while. These, these are the things that make us who we are. So, <laughs> man, a lot that. of feelings about the Dodgers over there. Yeah. It's crazy. It's intense. <sighs> If uh, my, my Apple Watch just went off and, and said that my heart rate is elevated right now, and that must be a bad thing, right? <laughs> is it calling an ambulance? Is that is it that <laughs> high? Do you have the Series 4? I, t- I turned it on airplane mode, so it can't. I put it on airplane mode. I'm not going to allow <laughs> it to This happens so frequently when I talk about the Dodgers. <laughs> I just put it on airplane mode right before. <laughs> yeah. This was just a waste of money. What did I do? Airplane mode. Killing more cardiac arrest patients than anything else. <laughs> So, um, so how did you transition from film school to wedding photography? Was that uh, an easy transition, hard transition? So I, uh, right when I graduated film school was the best time ever to graduate film school. Mm-hmm. All of the writers had went on strike, so nobody was working. Oh, and then immediately following all of the, uh, uh, the actors went on strike as well because they're like, well, if the writers are going to get some of that money, then us actors got to get some of that money as well. So mm-hmm. it was literally like two weeks before I had graduated when like all of these unions had decided to go on strike. So nobody was working and our rent was uh, $14.50 a month. And uh, you can't pay that on a $0, um, you know, income I found. See, I so, feel like that's where you step in and you'd be like, I heard someone needs writers. <laughs> yeah. And then just get, you know, blacklisted and never mm-hmm. work again. Yeah. yeah. It, I thought it, about that. But some work is better than no work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve says well, no. if that ever happens. I have friends in the industry, Dustin, and they, <laughs> they're struggling. It's, it's very frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, so there was that. And then uh, so to kind of ease my financial struggles, I moved into a castle with 11 roommates where our rent was knocked down from fourteen fifty a month down to just four fifty a month. So that was a lot more manageable. You took that castle cut. When you, when you move out of an apartment or a condo and into a castle, you end up paying yes. less every time. Every mm-hmm. single time. It's always a great uh, decision, except when it comes to dishes. That's the, you know. You think, oh, living in a castle is going to be Utilities great. Utilities on the drawbridge can be high, I was uh, told. Actually, we, we, had a, we had a moat with, a, uh, with just a regular standard bridge over the top. There was no oh, drawbridge. so standard bridge yeah. castle. Well, when I asked, I was like, I know that those, moat, uh, that those drawbridge electric costs can be extensive because they got to mm-hmm. use a high-torque motor, obviously. So or when you I found have out a, that a it small didn't, gnome that just cranks yeah. it for you. <laughs> no, you can't have a gnome, Dustin, because trolls eat gnomes and trolls live under bridges. So... None of this makes any sense. <laughs> See, I gotcha. never would have thought about these things. Yeah. I'm glad that I didn't have to deal with any of it, though, uh, <laughs> with just the standard bridge. Uh, so, yeah, we moved in there. And um, uh, one of my uh, roommates was a photographer. And uh, I hooked up with them. And they shot a few weddings. And video and film, as you know, uh, all of the settings are essentially the same to, to, to get your exposure. So I thought I know how to work a camera. I will come along with, and I did. And, uh, suddenly one thing I found was that like in film school, in high school, what I loved about making films, which was, uh, I was in control of everything. I was the director. I was the writer. I, you know, told the actors what to do. I edited everything. But when I went to film school, like all of those things are actual jobs that people have. And with like every job, there's, some 
you know, uh, politics going on and somebody to like answer to. And it just wasn't as creative as a position that I thought that it was going to be when I, when I went into it. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of felt out of love with it. But when you're behind the camera, there's nobody to answer to. It's like, I do this and I'm going to do this my way. And if you don't like it, then, you know, goodbye. This is how I do things. Uh, so I fell in love with it from there and I thought I'm just going to pursue this full time. Uh, but at the time, uh, my my girlfriend and I got serious, and then we actually moved back to Northern California. So it took a few years off, and then we decided to move out here to Indiana. And I was like, "That's when I'm gonna go hard," and that's what I did. So that was the transition. Pretty pretty boring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But do you love it now? <laughs> do, do I love photography? Yes. Or do I love? So or Indiana, uh, either one, uh, you know, if we right. can get as much good news about Indiana on our podcast as possible, that'd be great. Oh, I see. I see. Trying to get some of that Mike Pence money. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So the thing about Indiana is I think it's one of those grass is always greener type situations. When uh, Steve has alluded to that in earlier episodes that the grass is actually greener it here is. Mm -hmm. than California. Well, yeah. also Why Kentucky, the grass is blue, so it makes it kind of easy for the grasser to be the grass to be greener up here. So you, you think know? it's just a perception thing? Like it's not actually greener. We just are used to seeing blue grass of Kentucky, so it's more green <laughs> the, the here. The further south it? you go, the more uh, blue it is. You know, uh huh, uh huh. You know, and, no, and we're surrounded by several states, and if one of them has blue grass, like you know, that just by it's just math. Like our grass is going to be greener <laughs> than most states by comparison. We're really only competing with like Ohio, who's ever on the other side of the Mississippi from Kentucky, uh, <laughs> Tennessee. That's a good question. <laughs> I, uh, having grown up in the California school system, I don't know any state east of Nevada for like my entire life until I moved out to Indiana. I had no idea what other states Spoiler surrounded alert, us. <laughs> we are east of Nevada. <laughs> I found that out. I just like, we're just <laughs> going to keep driving and we're going to end up where we ended up. Uh, but no, my, my wife is from here originally. So this is, this is why we made the decision to move here. Uh, but you asked a question and I forgot it. Uh, do you oh, love things being that I a like. wedding photographer or, and, or do you love living in Indiana? Oh, right, 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 right. And uh, the so Indiana yeah, thing do. was 100% best day in the world. Got yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that day I showed up, September 5th. Uh, I love, I love Indiana. I do. I think it's, I love, Indiana I think would be fantastic if it had two things. Uh, or I guess if it had one thing, if it had mountains, if it like had something to <laughs> look at, like off in the distance to give you an idea of, I don't know what direction you're pointing. That would be fantastic. Uh, but then also, if there was, n if it only snowed on Christmas Day, that would also be great. But it doesn't doesn't work like that. And this is a true story. When I moved out here, I did not know that temperatures like legit got into negatives unless you were like at the North or South Pole. I thought that that was a joke when the first person told me that. I, I had just like a regular jacket and they're like, ooh, it's September, we're getting into winter, where's your coat? And I was like, I'm, I'm wearing it right now. And it was just like a light, it was a light jacket because it was the heaviest thing that I ever had to own in California. And they were like, you're gonna be in for it in the winter. And I was like, why? And like, because it gets like negative, negative temperatures. And I laughed it off because I thought that it was a joke because that guy's kind of an asshole. And here we are today and I found out very quickly that- Welcome uh, to the East Pole. <laughs> a few yeah. weeks later you were like, wait, that guy wasn't an asshole. 
I was the asshole in that situation. <laughs> I was the asshole. Yeah. I just looked at him and laughed and just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here it is. If, if I didn't have to deal with that, uh, and like I said, if there was something to look at more, if you could like see something more than like a few hundred feet away, uh, then that would be have wonderful. Have you been to, Brown, been to Brown County? Yeah. So Brown County is like a few hours south. You know, I don't go there very often. It is nice. Um, but I feel like that road, like once you get off of the interstate, I don't know which road it is, but then like when you're going to Brown County, it just feels so back roads. Like it is almost uncomfortable. Like I really mm-hmm. feel like I'm going into like one of those, this is going to sound so cliche, like Hills Have Eyes type movies with like it's all back roads and there's like antique shops everywhere, but they're like mm-hmm. disguised as antique shops, but they really just look like 200 year old buildings with scary people inside so i don't like going out they plan on skinning you alive or something yeah so i just kind of avoid that we had a wedding down in brown county a few years ago and afterwards i was like all right google get me home and it was like there's a huge pile up on like the highway so this is the fastest route home and it's all like dirt roads and rock roads and stuff and i was like this is terrible and the whole time i was driving i was just like why am i doing this (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I'd rather kidding. be stuck in a pile up on the highway than out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but you don't know. You just assume that Google has your best interest in mind, and that's why you go for it. You're like, well, Google's got to know something that I don't know. I'm going to go this route. <laughs> and then like four nails in your tires later, back roads, no street lights. Then your battery dies, and then you hear things start to come out of the woods. It's not fun. You get Hide mad up at Google. in a farmer's garage. That's how movies <laughs> right. are written, boys. <laughs> Now that the writers aren't on strike, they should uh, they should steal that idea, you know, or buy it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think they'd be better off stealing that one. Yeah, you don't even have an outline, Dustin. Come on. <laughs> so you've been shooting weddings for like the last eight nine years. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you first started out in photography um, with your roommate back in the LA area in the castle. Mm-hmm. Was that shooting a wedding your very first time or were you doing something else? No, I left that part out. Yeah, it was, it was a wedding. So, uh, but I quickly discovered like the weddings that, um, he was shooting were, they were weddings for people who were more concerned about how the wedding would make them look than the wedding itself. You know, um, so quickly it was like, I really don't like shooting this. Mm -hmm. This just doesn't feel fun it doesn't feel genuine it doesn't feel authentic uh so since i wasn't like the main shooter obviously uh, I, I just had free reign to go out and do whatever i wanted so that's that's what i did and yeah it was just it was just a great it was just a fun time so i just kind of thought to myself right then and there it's like well if like i i knew immediately the kind of weddings that i didn't want to shoot and i think that that was a really valuable lesson to learn for me Because then when it came time to actually thinking about what it is that I wanted to shoot and actually doing it, I just had a, you know, a clearer, clearer idea of what to focus on. Mm -hmm. So what is your uh, ideal wedding, your perfect wedding? Oh, man, it would be uh, my ideal wedding would be uh, definitely less than 100 people. It would be so I had friends growing up. And again, 
I told, I'm bad with words, as you can tell, I'm sure, just by listening to me. Um, but growing up, I had uh, friends who, like, their families were, like, the most important things to them. They were, like, super close to everybody. And, even, like, I had a stepsister, and I hated her. <laughs> like, we were not friends. So I just envied all of my friends who had really close relationships with their friends and families, and they'd always go on vacations. And it was always, like, a wonderful time. Um, and just that closeness, that bonding that those families had, I can see that in the couples whose weddings I shoot now. You know, so a lot of times when I meet with couples, I don't spend a lot of time asking about their wedding. I spend a lot of time asking about like their childhood and their family and like tell me who's going to be there, who's coming from out of state, you know, all of these things, because how they answer that is going to give me a better idea of, uh, of, of what it's going to be like on the day. Now, sometimes that's backfired. Because who wants to say bad things about their family, except for me and my stepsister, apparently. But, uh, but I think the, like, the majority of the time you can tell if somebody's like really being authentic and genuine or if they're just going to invite everybody who they've ever known and all of their dad's associates or whatever just to have the biggest wedding ever. And uh, so far, it's treated me pretty well. Nice. Sorry. Did you have a burp there? Is that what that was? Just, just had to burp. That's all. <laughs> trying not to do it in the mic. <laughs> Steve just needed a moment. Yeah. So what you said was in so addition deep to being a wedding photographer back. and and shooting a ton of weddings, you also make a really cool podcast uh, called the Beginner Photography Podcast, which uh, I you started it out with a friend from the Reddit sub community r slash wedding photography, and Absolutely. then. Uh, after a while, you guys both kind of got bored of like just asking questions that beginners were into. And so you kind of took a break. And then when you came back, it was just you. And you were like, I'm going to ask just questions I'm interested in knowing as opposed to how would a beginner like approach this. And right. I feel like the podcast has really picked up a lot of steam since then. It's just really good. Like Thank the you. questions that you get to ask and everything. And I feel like you're developing a really cool community over like with your Facebook group and everything. But it does still seem like you attract a lot of newer photographers because of the whole beginner photography podcast. So I was kind of wondering in your Facebook group, like what are some of the most frequently asked questions you get about photography? Oh, wow. Uh, first of all, thank you. That was, that was a lot there. Yeah. Um, the podcast has been an interesting road for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, the most commonly asked question, it's funny. I was, I was just talking to, uh, my, my, my moderator today for the Facebook group. Uh, so to join the Facebook group, yeah, let me take another step back. Uh, when I first kind of got into photography, um, a lot of the questions that I had, it seemed like people didn't want to answer. And there was a lot of like guarded secrets and it was like this secret club to be in, uh, for photographers. And I thought this is so weird. This like, it's a camera. Like, why are we so worried about, you know, letting people know how to use a camera and then patreon um, was invented and we had a place to go for our secret clubs that we can monetize it yes <laughs> uh no so i thought like after i figured it out after i figured out like okay i understand how a camera works composition uh you know shooting styles all of these things um it was kind of like a natural progression for me i feel like the next step when i first started the podcast was that i was okay at photography. I knew how to like go out and in manual take a photo and it not be too overexposed or too underexposed. Now I wanted to talk to other photographers who were better than me to kind of learn how they got to where they are. Um, 
So that's one of the reasons why the podcast was started. It was like, I just want a platform to be able to talk to people who normally I wouldn't have access to. Mm -hmm. uh, so we started talking to them. And it's funny that you mentioned that like once I kind of took it on my own, uh, the podcast has like a new, uh, I don't know, fresh feel or that it's taken on like a, its own its own style. But we seem to get the most comments about those early <laughs> those early podcasts. People love those the most like beginners do. And I guess it was because, you know, like you were saying, we were really catering to beginners. And then just quickly, I was like, this isn't interesting me at all. Like, I know all these questions. Like, here I am talking to, like, world-famous photographers. Like, so how do you get an exposure? You know, like, none of these questions are... <laughs> how does ISO relate yeah. to Aperture? <laughs> Can you tell me what ISO stands for? Like, none of these <laughs> things were important or, or relevant to me. I didn't think that any of them were interesting. Um, and then I started it up again, uh, started up the Facebook community. And then now it's, we get questions all over the place. Oh, right. But so I was talking to my moderator today. I have three questions that you need to answer before you're able to join the Facebook group. One is, uh, how did you hear about the podcast? Just so that I could know selfishly. Uh, the second is, what do you hope to learn by being in the group? And then the third is, like, sign your name in a social contract saying that you're not going to be rude or an asshole to anybody. Uh, and then and surprisingly your moderator let me in the group. So I know that's, we had a long talk after that. So, um, <laughs> but she convinced me that it looked like you were fine in the junior, what you were talking about. She's like, maybe he can help out with a few questions. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, so the number one response for what do you hope to learn about photography in this group? The number one response. And I keep a Google form so that I can record these answers because I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd like that is, anything and everything <laughs> or tips and tricks about photography. And it's like, this doesn't help anybody. But then once they get into the group, it's always, um, really there's questions everywhere because I feel like the term beginner photography podcast can relate to you. If you've been shooting for a year and you just don't know what's next, or if you just picked up that camera from Costco. So sometimes there's questions like, you know, my camera isn't autofocusing correctly. Like, what do I do? Like those technical questions. And then sometimes uh, there was a question about, um, uh, you know, using off-camera flash, like exposing for the background and then, uh, you know, using your flash to properly illuminate whatever your subject is. So we re there really is like a wide range of, uh, of questions, I think. But Stephen, you've been in the group for a while. What, like, what have you noticed? What do you think is one of the biggest questions? <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're doing. Turning it right back around on me. <laughs> Um, I feel like a lot of people okay, ask I questions. Answer, so I, hear. I feel like a lot of people in the group ask questions about editing styles and stuff like that. It seems like um, a lot of people are looking for help with editing, and I feel like uh, I've seen you post a few times and talk about on the podcast how you have to shoot a good photo. Like you can't just edit a photo into being good, and I feel like that applies not all the time, but some, some sometimes to what <laughs> the people are saying. And I noticed just uh. What, was it earlier today or yesterday? You posted like uh, one of your raw photos and you were like, yeah. this is a kind of challenging edit. And you were like, here's a link to it on my Google Drive. Go ahead, download it and uh, see what you can do with it. It's kind of like a challenge to people. I thought that was a really interesting thing to do um, to just, you know, throw one of your copyrighted images out there for anybody to edit and do terrible things to. <laughs> Or it's oh, a really brilliant no, way no. <laughs> to outsource your editing. Well, it was it was really cool though. I was looking through like uh, some of the things people had sent back, and there was 
such a wide variety of styles that people were sending back. Yeah. And you just kind of realize really fast that um, it seems like sometimes like on Instagram, we just keep seeing the same things over and over and over again. But like when I look at like the people responding to your group with like how they would edit something, it's like there's this wide variety of uh, editing styles. And uh, it kind of makes me think that maybe on Instagram, um, I'm just seeing whatever the algorithm wants me to see. And then it's all the same stuff. It's whatever's popular right now. Wow. Like like Instagram uses AI to detect the yeah. editing style of a photo and then but only I shows you those things? I talk about it until we had somebody who went to a technology oh. high school on the podcast. So. Right. Yeah. This is, yeah. We had a, this is going to sound so ridiculous. Our school had a, uh, an after school program mm-hmm. to learn uh, Oracle training. So Oracle being like a big uh, tech company. So you would go and learn how to make SQL databases. <laughs> And that was the highlight of my week. Every single week, I was like, I cannot wait for that. Uh, so, yeah, I get, I get algorithms. I, no, I, I really don't get algorithms. <laughs> but that's interesting. I'm going to take a, a closer look at my Instagram feed next time and or currently and uh, just see what – just kind of pay attention to that. But you're right. A lot of the photos that uh, popped up – Really interesting people because uh, just for context, if anybody wants to know about the photo, uh, there was very hard light and then there was a hard defined shadow that was going right through the couple. And then also it was like a back alley. So there was lots of like telephone wires and uh, just like electrical conduit everywhere all over this photo. And it was really interesting to see how many people tried to edit out that shadow. Like how many people tried mm-hmm. to make that like, I don't know, it had to have been like four stops underexposed, right? And then they tried to bring up that uh, exposure to match the the light. And then how many people tried to take out the electrical conduit and uh, and telephone wires? But yeah, you're right. It, I thought the same thing. It's very interesting how many people are and how edit, people are, are, are editing these photos. Hmm. And you're like, nah, this is Indianapolis. This is gritty and raw. We got light, <laughs> we got shadow, we got electrical conduits, we got everything. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, just out of frame, do. there's a guy shooting up with a bunch of dirty needles. <laughs> just wait until next week where I have a photo of a couple right next to a dumpster. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I did a photo a few weeks ago with a couple right next to a dumpster. And they're like, are you sure you want to do the photo here? And I was like, yes, I am sure. Just trust me. And it's like one of the few times I've actually like flipped my camera around so they could see like the back yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I just want you guys to know, like the dumpster's not in the photo. The photo is because like the, the sunlight coming through here is really, really cool looking. Yeah. That's why we're doing the photo here. I'm not shooting the dumpster. Like I'm not trying to say your engagement sure. is a dumpster. <laughs> Oh man, I left the dumpster. For the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> I left the dumpster in my photo. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how many people try to edit that out next week. We'll see how that looks. <laughs> so, speaking of the podcast, which guest on your podcast do you feel like is uh, like the, the the? Do you have anybody who you've had on the podcast who is like I never thought I would have been able to get that person? Like who who's that <laughs> person for you? Um, all of them. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I am, I'm not, uh, uh, it's easy for me to talk to people over the internet. I feel cause I've been doing this for, I went to technology high school. I had no other option, but to talk to people over the internet. <laughs> so I've been doing this for a long time. Um, but like meeting people face to face, it's, uh, it's different. A lot of times conversation doesn't flow as easily. Uh, so I, I really get excited for every single guest cause I feel like the conversation that we're about to have. Uh, is going to be way better than any conversation that we would have in person unless I had like four beers in me, uh, which I just I don't typically do anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I really love every 
every episode, but if I'm if I have to think of like some of the people who I never thought that I'd be able to talk to. Uh, yeah, so I remember a few years ago, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, uh, the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with Andrew Helmage. And yeah. he did an episode with Ryan Brenizer. And at the time, I just totally idolized that dude. I'm, I still take Brenizers at every wedding, so I just love the way that it looks. And in the, uh, not in the show notes, well, technically in the show notes, but after after his interview, he gave like shout outs to people who left reviews of the podcast and he mentioned my name. And I was like, Oh my God, I was just mentioned in the same, like in the same interview as Ryan Brenizer. Like this is fantastic. Ryan's going to have to listen to this episode and then he's going to have to hear about my review and then he's going to know who I am. Like this is the most exciting day of my life. I was so excited. Uh, so I think the day that I got him on the podcast, uh, that's probably one of my worst episodes because I was so excited, uh, to talk to him. And I had so many questions that, it was like, this is going to be a four hour long podcast. And he had just had his child like a few months before. And I was like, I can't. Oh, and he had like a problem with his AirPods. He, he was going to do that. This was like right after the AirPods came out. So mm -hmm. like he was trying to get him to work with his Mac. But I guess at the time there was some sort of like driver to make it work or some sort of like extra software and he couldn't get it. So to start off the interview, he was already like really upset. And I was like, so how'd you get into photography? And you could tell that he was just like, oh, like softball question. Um, but definitely Ryan Brenizer, uh, and then uh, Jerry Guionis as well. I never thought, I mean, that guy's just like the superstar wedding photographer. You mm -hmm. know, there's like him, there's your Vant, and then a few others. Uh, but him, I mean, just he shared a lot about lighting. Those interviews are two of my favorites. Uh, but honestly, again, like I said, I really, I really get excited for every single interview that I have, I think. So who's your, uh, do you have like a... A white whale, like somebody you're you're trying to get on the show, but you haven't been able to get on yet. Uh, I have, and I do, and I'm I'm questionable about sharing it. Um, you don't have to. I can cut it out of the podcast if you. No, it's if you fine. Don't want it's it Pete Souza. It's definitely uh -huh. Pete Souza. So for the longest time, I've been trying to get Pete Souza on, and I spent I, I like at the beginning of this is is it 2019? It's 2019. So last year. The, the beginning of the year, I was like, he's no longer in office. I'm going for him. Like, I got to get Pete Souza, who, if anybody doesn't know, was uh, Obama's uh, White House photographer. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to get him on the podcast. So I emailed him once a week for several months. I mean, this was like well into May. So what is that? Like 20 emails that I sent this dude, um, you know. And they were like thoughtful emails, you know, kind of referencing his 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 Instagram that was taking off and some of the political commentary that he had made. Mm -hmm. And then in one of them, I said, if you need any more information about the podcast or if you want to check out an episode just to kind of get an idea of how it works, here's a link. Right. And I sent it off. I didn't think anything of it. And like an idiot, I didn't check the link. And he sent it back <laughs> and said, uh, he told me that the link was misspelled and I was like, Oh no, I was like, this could have been the one and only time that like he clicked on that link and it went to like 404. We have no idea where you're trying to go on the internet right here. <laughs> Sorry about that. And then he just replied, yeah, no, that link doesn't work. And then I replied back within minutes and, uh, never heard back, never heard back from oh, that guy. Oh man. No. Imagine that job though. Imagine how insane that job, imagine 365 weddings a year. Imagine shooting like that. That mm -hmm. would just have to be insane. So, I know Pete Souza listens to this podcast. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Pete, if you're listening to me right now, you know, just go ahead and uh, I'd be more than happy to send you a corrected link to, to check out the podcast. <laughs> I'll help you out. 
Yeah, I don't know. But that, that would definitely be it. Yeah. What about you guys? I would love to know. This is such like a specialized podcast. You know, mm. it's not like anybody can come on. So who, who would it be for you? Yet you're here, my friend. <laughs> here I am sharing, uh, sharing jokes about talking to people on the Internet and uh, my, my love for Indiana. Uh, Dustin, do you have an answer to that question? I would love to hear it. Uh, I didn't start this podcast to ever talk to anyone other than Steven Van Eyck. <laughs> so my big get is Steven Van Elk. Uh, that, that was my white whale in every sense of that word. Um, and yeah, everyone since then, it's been a joy to get to know along the way. But uh, I would say if we could get uh, two man on the podcast or the Christmans on the podcast, I would, those are two sets of husband and wife teams that inspire me, even though I shoot nothing like them. <laughs> but, um, we almost had two man for like a hot second, but they, uh, they were like, we need to record today when they wrote me back. Oh, and it's not the only time that's happened. And what were you doing? How did you guys not drop everything at that moment and say, let's do this? What was well, so important? Dustin that was had going a little on? bit of a superiority complex. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, needless to say, after I said, oh, we can't do it today. Yeah. How about another day? And we've not heard back from mm. them since. Mm. Yeah, they are. Uh, uh, they're both uh, fantastic photographers and they offer quite a lot of... Uh, education as well kind of into their yeah. into their shooting yeah. and it would it would be very cool to see that's the thing that i love about hosting a podcast is that there's so many different people who you could talk to but oftentimes you i don't know i don't want to say that they that they that you just kind of forget who they are but um you kind of become blind to who you think in your head you could like potentially get Mm-hmm. And then it's like you don't even try with the other people. It's like if you imagine that you're in a room with like a bunch of regular photographers like us, just like boring photographers. And then mm-hmm. here, you know, two men walks in and you're like, uh, I can't add anything to their, you know, conversation. So I'm just going to kind of stay over here and talk with these guys. And then that's that's how it goes. But uh, uh, I would say keep reaching out. Maybe your field of dreams will become a reality. See, we started this yeah. podcast because we thought we couldn't add anything to the conversations. And then we were like, <laughs> but we could add dick jokes. A lot of these people <laughs> don't have enough dick jokes in their life. And that's where we found our niche in this marketplace. We could yeah. change the conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> or start a completely new conversation. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that we've learned in this last election is that if you control the conversation, <laughs> then uh, it really doesn't matter. You you control the media. Emphasis on the troll part of control. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, I think for me right now, if I could get anyone to come on the podcast, uh, I started listening to the FujiCast podcast with uh, Kevin Mullins oh, and Neil James, mm-hmm. and I like those guys a lot. So I would I would love to have them on. I feel like they have a really great rapport, <laughs> really good back and forth, and uh, mm-hmm. they both have like these very deep like smooth radio voices and oh, I know. Uh, Neil especially it's just like whew, blows me away every time I hear him talk how do you think you get a voice like that um lots lots of genetics and liquor I assume <laughs> yeah I think it, I think it's definitely the latter for sure yeah <laughs> I knew now that wasn't a comment <laughs> 
Well, no, they've talked on their that. podcast. They drink, so it's okay. No, no, for sure, for sure. I, uh, I, I, I used to work at a, uh, at like a boat. Um, it was a, a boat mechanic shop, and uh, there was one of the mechanics. His name was Gary, and I mean, this guy is. Um, I know you guys are, are are more like Lord of the Rings fans than I am, but who's nope. like the short dude who has like the big? Uh, he's got like this massive beard and like a warhammer looking thing. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm sure everybody can picture him in his head. Anyway, like, like redheaded like, fella. Yep, he's like four feet tall. He's like four feet wide and has like a, a warhammer that like could just could kill anything and this beard that like goes down to his knees and i worked with a mechanic who looked exactly like that and i mean he had the voice to match it was just so deep and baritone and powerful um and i just thought that that was always his voice and then one day his wife uh it was like the the anniversary to the company or whatever and they were watching like old vhs's of like past Oh, I just burped right there. That's embarrassing. Uh, it's all good. They brought up uh, like past, like a video of a past like celebration that they had, and you could hear his voice from like twenty years ago, and it was nothing like what it was. And he was like, "Yeah, that's definitely the whiskey. That's all whiskey in this voice." So, John Reese Davies. Oh, there is, you go. That's the actor who plays Gimli. I was like in my head, like Gimli. I should know this. Why don't I know his name? But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. I don't know why I'm writing that down, but I might need it in the future. So, Gimli. Also, when you first started asking about it, I was like, he knows in The Hobbit there's like 13 dwarfs, right? And I was like, oh, wait, he said Lord of the Rings. Idiot. <laughs> I think I'm the idiot. I definitely should have specified that for sure. No, I think you did specify. I'm just a terrible listener. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Well, then this is the perfect career path for you, my friend. <laughs> You're doing a fantastic job here. So, uh, do you want to do some like weird questions from the internet with us? I was thinking about it. I kind of don't. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us here this week. Huh? <laughs> but I mean, if you already have them ready, that's okay. We do. We'll do those. All right. All right. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve, Dustin, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to grab one from our from our sure. bin from the questions bin? From the questions, Ben, let me dig deep for this one. Victor, the Victor, from a random Facebook group, ask the following. I got a Sony A7 1DX Mark III a few months ago. Of course. I've been aching to take it out for a shoot, but will that negatively affect the value of the camera? in like 20 to 30 years time? The Question answer is mark. no. Yeah, this is a unicorn of a camera, my friends. This thing will never, ever, ever lose its value. In fact, the more wear and tear it has, it will definitely appreciate in value. Just like JFK's golf clubs. He used them mm -hmm. and now look at them. He probably bought them for like 200 bucks. And they sold for like $2 million. I made up that number, it could be a lot less, but uh, <laughs> they appreciate with time. And with a camera like that, go out and shoot all that you can, Victor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially a Sony A7 1DX Mark III. Uh, typically, I would yeah. say, you know, taking it out of the box will make it depreciate. But a camera like that really needs to be used mm -hmm. uh, in its fullest, I Yeah, believe. especially like EDM concerts where there's lots of lasers going on. Uh, <laughs> preferably something, uh, you know, sunset. Very mm -hmm. long lens. Just fill it's up one that. Of the, I think if uh, my research was correct, Sony and Canon only produce five 
uh, of that yeah. crossover series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Canon and that uh, that deal that they made with Kodak. And for that first digital camera, we all saw how that ended up. So uh, mm-hmm. good luck to Sony. Yeah, definitely, definitely hold on to that one for sure, Victor. <laughs> so, Firaz, uh, Firaz, Dustin, do you know how to yeah, pronounce that? Let it, let the R roll. Firaz. There there it is. Faraz mm-hmm. from a random Facebook group uh, says, "I just booked a wedding in Squatch Country. Would it be weird to wear a GoPro all day in case a Squatch comes out while shooting?" Wow! If if you're worried about a squatch coming out while you're shooting what's a wedding, a, what's a squatch, Stephen? I don't know, Dustin. That's, like a, that's a for squatch? everyone to assess on their own and uh, put like their own Bigfoot? definitions, meanings, terms onto that. What, what's a squatch to you, Dustin? What's a squatch to you? I think like a sasquatch. Mm, so like mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. That's where your mind went. Like a yeti. Yeah. Like a yeti. Oh, okay. Give me uh, give me just a second. Okay, Google. What's a squatch? <laughs> According to Wikipedia, in North American folklore, Bigfoot or Sasquatch are said to be hairy, upright walking, ape-like creatures that dwell in the wilderness and leave footprints. Yeah. Sounds like you got it, doesn't you nailed that See? right on the head. Yeah. I was oh, uh I thought concerned. it was a vegetable. Man. <laughs> it's uh, that's uh that's a common cousin. Yeah, to the Sasquatch. Uh, let's see if you're worried about uh, squatching. So uh, the point of wearing a GoPro is, uh, yeah, you definitely, you know, they make GoPro to be adventurous. You want to get out there and capture the things that you couldn't traditionally capture with a with a more traditional DSLR or, uh, or large size camera. Uh, but if you have your camera with you, on a wedding day, I'm uh, wondering if the GoPro is just a redundant waste of time. Mm. I feel like the image quality is going to be better with a DSLR, even when it comes to video. Even like a basic entry-level camera these days is probably still going to make a better image quality than than a GoPro, especially anything further than like 10 feet away. Mm. Um, yeah, no, leave the GoPro at home and uh, just just use the DSLR. See, I hear what you're saying, Raymond, but what mm. I'm envisioning is, you know, you're shooting a wedding. You only have mm. eyes on the bride and groom, you know? Mm. You never know mm. what's going to pop out of the bushes to your left, to your right behind you. One GoPro, probably not enough. Probably need four to eight GoPros in a circle on top of a helmet that you wear on your head all day long. <laughs> um, so that way you have all the angles covered. And that way, you know, Squatch comes from the left, from the right. You've got that on video. You've got that on photos. You know, you don't have to yeah. worry about, you know, whipping that DSLR around, missing the first kiss because, you know, Squatch came out and all yeah. of a sudden the wedding guests, are they're all, you know, running for their lives terrified. But, you know, the first kiss is still going on. You got to shoot that. Brian yeah, and Groom, that. they aren't deterred yeah. by that Squatch. No question. Yeah. 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 Or also, I mean, just to double up on that, you know, if you do need to turn to take a photo of the Squatch, with your, you know, 5D Mark 45, mm. um, you've got the GoPro still capturing the wedding behind you. Mm. So, you know, the couple isn't being deterred from and let down from your squatch shooting. You know, right. if Firaz direction. hooks up with Victor and he gets a <laughs> photo of that squatch on the Sony a 7 dx Mark III... Just think how much more that camera will be worth someday. Oh my gosh. The first camera to capture a squatch. Now a I feel like an idiot. Squatch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I feel like an idiot for saying, no, forget it. Because you're you're absolutely right. And in this world where we need to monetize everything, you got you gotta keep yourself covered. Okay, so here is it for Rod? Was that it? Something like that. It is now. So um, <laughs> here's what you do. 
definitely take Stephen's suggestion of the eight GoPros all around, right, so that you can capture everything. And then, look, the battery life on GoPros just really isn't that great anyway. It's not going to last all day. So what you got to do is you set up uh, uh, one of those Gear 360 cameras and you stick that right on your head so that it comes right off the top. And then now you got 360 degree coverage mm. of everything that's going on. Turn it on motion sensor. Set. You can't. You can't not miss it. Get a few uh, Anton Bauer batteries, strap them onto your back, and just hardwire <laughs> yeah. it straight into the camera. You know, that would. Oh my gosh, what are those things? Those things are like like twenty thousand milliampere hour batteries. Yeah, right? yeah, those things would last all day, all day. That's what you're looking for. You know, that's everybody's main complaint about cameras these days. It's not the resolution anymore. It's always battery life. You hook mm -hmm. one of those up, set. I love it. Battery life and only having one card slot. Oh no, the GoPros. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to oh, go yeah. something else. GoPros aren't gonna oh, cut it. Oh my gosh. We gotta get the you know what they make they make uh, HDMI out recorders. So you can have it record to the the uh, the SD card as well as the external hard drive. And this well. is why we brought Tech High School onto the podcast. <laughs> Listen, I've been th I, I dream about these things in my sleep. So yeah. This is this is a no brainer. Yeah. So Amanda from a random Facebook group, and here's pushing in, I think maybe a little bit into your home brewing here, Raymond. Uh, okay. Amanda okay. says, I'm working on a photo series about home brewing. I want oh, beer okay. with photos in it. I want photos with beer in them. Bought a GoPro to document the whole process. I threw it in while boiling the wort, and afterward, the GoPro didn't work and the card wasn't usable. What? I couldn't get any footage off it. Also, oh, the gosh. beer at the end had kind of like a plastic taste to it. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's weird. What do I need to do to get the beer in my photos and the photos in my beer like I really want? <laughs> because this didn't work, and now I'm out a couple hundred bucks. Uh, uh, a couple mm. hundred, she's out more than just a couple hundred bucks. Uh, oh, geez. Let me think about this one. I've, uh, I've thought about this myself a lot. How could I? How could? Because if... Uh, if uh, let me just double check before I say anything, because uh, when Instagram stories came out, I was like, this is awesome. I know what I want to do with this. Uh, you know what would be perfect to my audience of uh, potential brides is for them to know how I do homebrewing. <laughs> they would love that. So I made a whole Instagram stories series about homebrewing. And uh, for some reason, it is still on my Instagram. So if anybody wants to check that out, that's uh, our Hatfield photo on Instagram. Yeah, check out that, uh, that homebrewing series right there. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that it is missing is in beer footage for mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. how do you do something like that well uh a few years ago i worked on a show called uh, food crafters and the point of food crafters was that they go around to uh, artisanal food companies and then they just document how they make food right so there was one lady who makes um the only flatbread sourdough crackers in the world apparently if you know anything about bread and chemistry sourdough should not be flat but somehow she makes it she makes it happen i don't know i was surprised as well but does it taste good does it taste good though fantastic let me tell you what i dream about these things still they're just these little crackers oh they're so good um oh and they now um no, that's beside the point. We're not going to go there. So, uh, <laughs> in one episode, they were, uh, uh, somebody was making, what was it? Oh, jam. It, they were making jam. They were making like an orange marmalade. And this was like, I think when the GoPro 2 or like the Hero Plus or whatever it was came out and uh, production had just bought one and they were so excited for this. They're like, yeah, let, let's, let's test this out. Like, what can we do with this thing? And the DP, his name was Joe, super cool guy, was like, 
let's like we're gonna do something with this GoPro that's never been seen before. Like it's such like a unique perspective that we're gonna do it. And I was like, okay. And I'm just like a PA. I wasn't even like on the camera team. And he's like, they were boiling jam. And the way that they boil jam is in like kettle or not kettle, uh, copper kettles, so that it gets like crazy hot and then stays at that consistent temperature. And he's like, Raymond, go give me that GoPro. So just like, just like, uh, um, you know, not, not Marty. What's his name? Uh, what's, uh, what's Marty McFly's dad's name in back to the future? Not no. Biff was the bad guy. Anyway, you know how like he looks at Biff at the end and he's like, get your damn hands off her. Like in the car when he's ripping around. That's exactly the look that he gave me. And he's like, you go get that GoPro. And I was like, you got it. So I ran in and got the GoPro. Steven's looking it up right now. Awesome. So I went to go grab that GoPro and I was like, here you go. And he placed it on uh, the table and they took these huge copper pots full of boiling lava hot temperature jam and they just poured it directly onto the GoPro. And unfortunately, I don't think that the woman like who, who whose jam company this is knew that this happened because I don't think that that's sanitary. And now that I think about it, I probably shouldn't say the name of the jam company. So in your editing, just make it sound like schmuckers or something like that. Uh, so when they went to go, you want like, us to soil out, the good name of schmuckers. <laughs> They poured it out onto this GoPro and they were like so excited to see the footage. And when they got it out, the uh, the housing, uh, like the lens housing for the camera, um, uh, that's the thing. They they thought, you know, oh, it's a GoPro. It's waterproof. They didn't put the external housing on it. So they thought that the entire GoPro itself was waterproof. So they just wow. put it on the counter, no body or anything. So when they dumped it, the the, the lens housing, I guess, that, that goes on top had went from like a dome to, was it convex or whatever? How like it goes Ooh, in because yeah. it's just a plastic lens. Uh, and when I watched the final edit, for some reason, that footage didn't come. I uh, didn't didn't make it in the in the final edit. So I don't know what happened there. I don't know. So we'll see. But I would suggest not doing something like that. Whenever you put a GoPro in hot boiling liquid, I think you're gonna just throw that money directly into the trash. So what you could do is, with the power of editing, put it in cold beer. And then uh, just splice that in during the brewing process. And then people have no idea. People are dumb when they're watching video. So they will just assume that it went into hot beer. And then you got yourself uh, an Academy Award winning documentary right there. <laughs> you got DPs like, you know, uh, Roger Deakins, uh, uh, you, you know, Robert Ellswick coming to you like, how did you get this footage? And now you can take that uh, to the grave. Let them know that it was Raymond Hatfield who sent you. I love perfect. it. I love it. This is perfect. I didn't think we'd get such an involved personal story about a... Listen, I went to technology high school, okay? We did not play around when it comes to answers. Dustin, you got time for one more? I have time for one more. All right. He has time for five more, yeah. but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I have very long-winded answers, so he's going <laughs> to hedge his bet and just say one more. Which one would you like to do? you want to do Rex's? Whatever you want to do, Dustin. I'm giving this to you. Is this just like a Google Drive that you guys are looking in together, like at the same time? Like, yeah. ooh, we could pick. No, it's a literal <sighs> physical barrel. And we they just shoot off in paper form, drop into this barrel mm. in unison. We each have one in our offices. And then we just stick our hands down in the barrel. Let's see. Yeah, and we pull deep. one out. Here it is. And then we say, uh, Rex from a random Facebook group, yeah. ask the following. <clears throat> Shooting? No. 
shutting now. FML. Shooting now, sir. How drunk is the dump when shooting a wedding? Is that the question? That's a very good question. I feel like I see this one all the time. Yeah, you know, when you asked earlier, what was the most common question that I get in the beginner photography podcast Facebook group? Uh, This was second. This was second. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Well, uh, my my most common answer is, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, uh, Dustin, I was watching, you were at a wedding the other night and you had a, was it a sex and candy IPA? Mm-hmm. A sex and candy IPA. Tell me how that was. I thought it was delicious. Now, let me ask you a question because uh, I don't drink at weddings. Uh, mm-hmm. even though either, like, unless I'm on a wedding photography podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. If I'm talking about <laughs> wedding photography, that's okay. But actually like shooting at a wedding, I've never, uh, I take that back. I've had one drink like at a wedding cause, uh, I don't know. There's just like maybe, maybe growing up in California, you just hear all these stories about people being sued and I just live my life in fear of everything now. Um, uh, but I was going somewhere with that. Oh, right. So how drunk does, uh, was it the bride who has to be to get wedding photos taken of herself? Is that the question that is it? It wasn't Ashley who's asked. Ashley asked the last question. This would be Rex. Re- oh yeah, that's right. Rex. Of course. Yeah. Is that, is that the question that we're getting at? How drunk does it? Does a bride have to be? How drunk does a photographer have I to be? I think Rex is drunk. I think I Rex think is Rex very, is very drunk. drunk. Okay. Um, so, he said, uh-huh. shooting no, shutting now, FML, shooting now, Siri, how drunk ish to drumpf when shooting a wedding. Oh, drumpf. That's different. I see. You know, it's interesting how transparent you guys are about everything that we talk about. Everything always comes from a random Facebook group. I think that you should start calling people out and letting them know (laughs) that they're making horrible decisions with their life. Oh, I do that. I do that in the actual Facebook groups. But on the podcast, we don't call people out. (laughs) So then, Stephen, please tell me. So Stephen doesn't start getting booted out of these (laughs) Facebook groups. Right. They're going to know immediately. Like, oh, Stephen requested to join this one. I'm going to have to start listening to the podcast more to make sure that none of my <laughs> my mm, Facebook group. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Get their questions just in here. Um, so I got to ask Stephen, how did you answer this question to Rex? How did you reply? Oh, I didn't need to reply. There are a lot of you people did. who replied, um, you should find a new job. So. <laughs> Maybe several links to Alcoholics Anonymous. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where that should go. Yeah, for sure. But Otherwise, I think, I really, I don't know that you can be too drunk when shooting a wedding. Mm-hmm. I think you could be not drunk enough when you mm-hmm. think about it. A lot of times we're shooting weddings, and if we're not a little bit drunk, the mm-hmm. photos they're like you know crisp. They're in focus. They don't really reflect that party attitude atmosphere that you know Uh, we're trying to get across i want a photo that's like a lot blurry a lot blurry you know i want a photo that's maybe like the ceiling not anybody in it not anybody in it and poorly composed of the ceiling too not like getting like the lines of the ceiling just like maybe i threw the camera over my head and just like fired a few off while saying no like uh (laughs) like a keanu reeves in point break sort of thing you know (laughs) i missed the first kiss so i'm just like no and i'm shooting at the ceiling now Mm -hmm. you know the kind of things you do when you're really drunk 
Drumpf. Yeah. See, this is the this is the progression that we have after crunk, right? So after crunk, <laughs> uh, that was a big craze for a while. Now nobody gets crunk anymore. That's uh, we just don't do it. You know, we now know the health dangers of getting crunk. So that's why we've moved on to Trump. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, we'll see what the future has. But uh, as for where we're at right now, I think everybody's enjoying the Trump ride, and mm -hmm. it sounds like Rex is as well. But he's he's gone all in, and you kind of have to uh, give it to him for doing something like that, right? That that's got to take a lot of balls to do mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, so, it's great that not only did he get drunk at a wedding, yeah. he yeah. also posted about it on a public forum. <laughs> yes, yeah, because again, all in, you go big or go home. Yeah, high risk, high reward. That's always my motto. Yeah. So, Rex, thank you for that question. Uh, if you have any more questions, please feel free to reach out to Stephen and Dustin for uh, more answers. Uh, more you didn't want Rex in the beginner photography Facebook group? Uh, you know what? I feel like when you get to the point to when you get drunk at weddings, uh, you're no longer a beginner. I think that's the official uh, <laughs> marker of whether or not you're a beginner. And he, I can't teach him anymore. I can't teach him anymore. And the, uh, the email address uh, for that that Raymond wanted to share is Steve and Dustin at the Beginners Photography Podcast.com. Get right to um, you. <laughs> yep. Get right to us. <laughs> Raymond, Perfect. thank you so much for coming on our podcast, joking around with us for a while. Uh, where can people find you if they, they want to know more about you and about your podcast and everything you're up to? Well, I just want to let everybody know, first and foremost, that uh, I've been looking forward to a, a new pack of Trident pineapple gum all day that I purchased. <laughs> How would that have tasted and with your beer? Tell me the You went and you bought one beer and one pack of gum. <laughs> I bought 12 let packs of one. gum, uh, but I only wanted to consume this one. And uh, when I asked if after waiting all day, if I could consume this piece of gum finally, uh, Stephen and Dustin said no. Um, so if you want to find me online, uh, you can find me at the Beginner Photography Podcast. No, I got that wrong. There's no the. It's just beginnerphotographypodcast.com um it's also like in you know stitcher uh, it's not on anchor unfortunately uh stitcher mm. uh itunes uh you know everywhere wherever you're listening to podcasts it should be there and if it's not please reach out and i'll try to make Everyone that happen but anchor mm -hmm. yeah, it's okay nobody <laughs> listens to our podcast through anchor it's just a hosting site for us i do that's i was where gonna I ask to how it. many pennies you guys have made from all those uh those those wonderful mid-roll ads for Thousands and thousands and thousands of pennies. Wait, that's not yeah. correct. It's uh, dozens, dozens of pennies. hundreds of thousands of pennies <laughs> <Hundreds>. now. <laughs> now I'm just envisioning both of you, like whenever you guys get together, like on the weekend, just like diving into a pool of pennies, like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, mm -hmm. Scrooge in it. That's the dream, right? You caught us. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's us. always dreamed of that. Yeah. But thank you guys for having me. Uh, I had a blast and, uh, uh, I'm glad that now I had a uh, an excuse to to drink this Lagunitas. It was delicious. So uh, thanks for facilitating for facilitating that. You guys are true gentlemen. We we love encouraging alcoholism. We I love mean, encouraging other people to go out and buy beer with their own money and then drink it. That was the plan today. <laughs> yeah. Mission accomplished. There you go. All right, boys. It's been fun. Thank you so much, Raymond. It's been great getting to know you a little bit better but I've got to go take pictures so that I can uh, afford my bucket of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> How much does a bucket of pennies cost? Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> a lot in Indiana. Low cost of living state, you know what I mean? Thanks, guys.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McGibbon. And Steven is at Steven Van Alk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. But if you really want to warm our hearts, head on over to Steve and Dustin Save the World, and you can sign up to support us for as little as $1 a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. And if you sign up at that $1 a month, uh, you'll be getting a little bit of the bonus conversation from what we talked to Raymond about with regards to pineapple gum, how crazy people get at Starbucks, you know, that good, good quality photography um, content that you want. We also talked with Raymond a little bit about uh, making podcasts because he makes podcasts, we make a podcast. And so if uh, you're interested at all in making podcasts, that may be something that you would find worth your while to listen to. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Your head's pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Dun dun dun. Dustin's not here to do the dun 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 part that he always does. Ah, oh, I did it. Why did I do it? I hate it when he does that part. So, I want to leave you guys with just uh, two things real quick. First up, foremost, most important thing to me, I've been watching the catering show on YouTube. It's like my 20th time watching this show. There's two seasons of it. It's the greatest thing that's ever been created. It is a cooking show that uh, two women from Australia, both named Kate, make. And it's just, it's the funniest thing I think I've ever watched in my entire life. It's very, very good. If you haven't watched The Catering Show on YouTube, jump on right now. Just do a search for The Catering Show. And uh, The Catering is spelled with a K, since they're both named K, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a little punny. But uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely terrific. And uh, you will probably thank me for it profusely maybe even name a child after me no you'd name a child after kate and kate duh well we can always hope and dream anyway guys the other thing i wanted to say is just uh man fall's crazy you know fall be fall be real crazy so have fun stay safe and uh get a lot of good photos and well you know what i guess if you're in australia new zealand that that side of the world the, the southern hemisphere Spring be real crazy, you know what I'm saying? Spring be real crazy. Your wedding season is ramping up. It's getting getting just dirt nasty down there. It's been dirt nasty up here for a long time. Am I allowed to say up for the north? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody, and uh, have a great night. What are my hopes? I think that's probably the dumbest question I've ever been asked. <laughs> Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!